Welcome to Olives and Pimentos podcast. I'm speaking with Dave from Diesel Boy. Yeah, Diesel Boy. How's the weather down in Seattle, Dave? Uh, it is gloomy and uh, cold, and uh, you know your average uh, late February morning. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh, pretty sunny here. It's actually it's like fucking April right now in February in Canada or in Ontario, I should say. But. Well, good for you. I could use some vitamin D. Who doesn't like vitamin D, right? <laughs> um, it's great, actually. Um, so how did the band all start? Uh, well, um, we sort of formed around the radio station at uh, Sonoma State University, where I was a student and uh, DJ and later the music director of the college radio station. And... Um, uh, while I was working there, met uh, another dude who uh, you know had similar taste in music and who seemed like-minded and who was also a musician and he played bass. Uh, and um, you know, I, uh, we were ha- early on had conversations about starting a band, and uh, and so we did. And uh, you know, at the time we were uh, probably. I guess a, a little less punk and more maybe power pop or sort of indie sounding. And, um, but oh, over the course of our first, that this was 1993. So okay. I was like, um, maybe, uh, like a junior in college. Um, and, uh, you know, our first record didn't come out till 1996. So over those first three years, I think we sort of found our, our sound and, uh, went through some member changes, but sort of eventually sort of uh, ended up sounding more like a, we, we had a, a, we went through some membership changes, like I was saying, and then at some point we had uh, this drummer named Mike who uh, played on our first two records, and, you know, he was definitely influential and in kind of pushing us more towards the sort of Fat Records epitaph sound, and well, I think once we stumbled upon that, we were like, oh, maybe we, maybe we have something here. It seemed like, you know, we were... Uh, kind of found our found our way, uh, if you will. So um, yeah, I started around college, and um, you know there there was uh, uh, a bunch of a bunch of member shifts early on. Some people, you know, I think were less into it than others. But you know, yeah, we eventually found that that lineup that played on our uh, played on much of our much of our records. So yeah, now yeah that's the the short version that's the short version i yeah i know um i got into you guys i guess it was your first record uh cock rock yeah 
Um, and then it was the single Titty Twister, which was on, was it on Fat Record Comp too? Or Honest yeah, Dawn's. Survival of the Fattest. Survival of the Fattest, that's it. And yeah, then we um, did a seven inch. We did a seven inch for fact uh, before uh, before Cock Rock came out on Honest Ons, and so uh, yeah, Titty Twister was on that Survival of the Fattest comp, which every punk in the world at that point, or at least every punk who was into pop punk uh, or skate punk, you know, seemed to seemed to have back then. So that was uh, you know, I think every band who had a song on that comp, you know, that song is still like, you know, uh, closes their set or, or close to it. You know, that's like, it was kind of as close to a hit as you could have in the punk rock world. So yeah, being on that comp definitely helped us a lot and exposed us to a lot of people. And we were like, you know, it was early on in our career and, you know, we were sort of cool by association just by, just by being on it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great comp. And also too, like the album cock rocks fucking wicked too. Um, Thank you. Yeah, man. No, I've been uh, I've been listening to you guys for a very, very long time. Um, I'm at the ripe age of 42 right now. So right. yeah. Um, how old are you right now? I am 50. No, oh, that's cool. Right on. You don't look 50. Re- record scratch. Thank you. There you go. Right. Um, Punk rock keeps you young. Or something. Yeah, man. I think punk rock does. Uh, you know and saying that you're young and maybe even acting too like whatever like i'm 42 and i don't feel like i'm 42 i feel like i'm in my mid-30s so yeah same I don't know. <clears throat> that's a that's a motherfucker though fifty. yeah i know man i'm like fucking i turned 43 in actually wednesday and then yeah, yeah and i'm happy early birthday yeah thanks dude um, but that, uh, that, uh, five Oh is fucking creeping out fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, your new album, Diesel Boy Gets Old, um, that was a pretty big record across, uh, uh, 2023, um, with a lot of, I guess, music charts, if you will. That's the way to say it. Okay. Great. Yeah, man. No, like a lot of, uh, a lot of punk rock, like websites and, um, yeah, I always like watching. I always like watching that stuff. It's uh, you know, it's nice to see what records people like and what people are, are you know interested in. So I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that people seem to enjoy it. We sort of laughed as uh, as the record came out and you know got g- more good reviews than we're used to getting. We were like, this is weird. People people are giving us good reviews. That never happened before. So yeah, well, something about the the subsequent twenty years since we put out records, uh, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. We we were just uh, half joking about the you know that we managed to get good reviews, which was not something that happened much previously. Yeah, I know because it was on. Um, uh, I think the IG site's Punk Rock Vinyl, and they do like. A, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, and they had you guys. Yeah. It was you guys and uh, the Iron Roses. Okay. Um, that were like top five, I believe top six Great. yeah man no like the fucking and even like the track my favorite track right now i listen to when i cook is viking funeral just gets me fucking amped <laughs> awesome that fuck, that fucking tune and uh <laughs> fuck what's the other one the finish line is good that's a fucking banger thank you and uh a swan song that's another banger too yeah cool. yeah no and how long did it take you guys to write the album 
that's a hard question to answer because it was a weird record in that, um, you know, not only, I mean, there was a 20-year gap, basically, between uh, records, and, you know, for most of that, we were not doing anything, and I, you know, depending on when he asked me, I likely would have predicted that there never would have been another Diesel Boy record, but... Uh, yeah, I was surprised as shit when it came out. I'm like, fuck, they're back? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know we tried uh, there have been a few there was kind of one main effort like 10 years ago where we tried to kind of make the record and um, you know wrote uh, some of the songs that appeared uh, on Gets Old but uh, we were never able to uh, sort of get it done and uh, um, geographically you know we're not all in the same city anymore and that made it hard but um over the pandemic, Greg, uh, bass player, uh, and I sort of started chatting more earnestly about, um, you know, whether we wanted to try and do it. And I think, you know, we were both at a point in our lives where uh, we could devote a little bit more time to it. Kids are a little older. Um, you know, maybe just having enough distance from the old days that, you know, we, we were wanted to do it again. And so... We sort of hatched a plan uh, uh, about what we would hope the band might look like, and um, uh, it's you know part of that plan was making a new record to sort of launch our return. And so, um, so we had a sort of stockpile of songs that had been written, you know, some of which. Uh, were written several years ago and then you know maybe half of them had been written more recently um and so um but there was a lot to do uh not everybody from the uh original lineup uh either wanted to do it or was in a place in their life to be able to do it and so you know we had to find some uh new blood and learn how to play together and learn all the songs and so it took us a good um you know, once the, all the members were in place, it took us a good year to kind of, you know, um, learn the songs and whip them into shape and then try to get them to sound like a unified body of work because they were all written across kind of wider swath than, you know, ever before. You know, generally in the past, they would all have been written during some shorter period of time when we were you know, in between touring cycles or whatever. Um, so in a way, it was almost like making our first record again. We had all these songs and had to kind of curate them and uh, figure out which ones would sound the best together on, a, on an album. And um, so it took us, uh, you know, it's a hard question to answer how long it took us to write because we, you know, we didn't start from zero, basically. Uh, you know, now that we've made a record and, you know, we, we hopefully we'll make another one, you know, I've been writing a little and this this next record if if that happens would you know be more traditional where you know the songs would have been written over a period of a year or two or whatever and uh but gets old is kind of yeah a uh a mix of older songs and and then more newer stuff you know like you viking funeral that you mentioned and swan song those were both songs that were uh, that I wrote over the pandemic, but finish line goes back to those sessions where, you know, the original lineup uh, was trying to make the record several years ago. So it's kind of a mix of all those things. Yeah. And also too, like when I listen to the record too, um, I listen to a lot of music. Um, 
when I listen to it, like as you sat sit there and say, it it sounds like like what you sat there and said, like you're trying to get the other guys into shape, whatever, and, and on the record, but it doesn't translate like that either. Like the record translates to me that you guys haven't been away for so long. You know what I mean? Like it's just as yeah. tight, just as tight as it's ever been. I mean, there is something, you know, that we, you know, half of us have been playing together for a long time. You know, Greg and I have been in a band together for you know, 30 years or something, even though there was a, a you know, a big 20 year gap in there. But, um, uh, you know, some of that, uh, some of that muscle memory comes back and, um, you know, uh, the other guys were familiar, the new guys were familiar with the material, so it's not like starting from scratch, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that, and you know, that was the, that was the goal, you know, can we sound like a, can we sound like a, a band, can we sound like Diesel Boy, and so I think, you know, like I said, part of that, you know, we spent a year just kind of learning to get, get to know each other sort of personally, but also musically, um, and, uh, and we don't have a, uh, you know, we we all have jobs and families, and so we're not we don't live in the studio like we used to. So it's just a slower process, you know. Uh, practicing once a week or every other week, you know, it's harder. It's just harder to make progress. Yeah, and um, and also too, like something to say about that too, because it's something to look forward to. You know, like getting like all crammed in the studio, and it's not like getting crammed in down everyone's throats. You know what I mean? Sure. And the, yeah. the other thing that helps is you know technology. So. You know, everybody, uh, you know, in order to maximize our time, you know, uh, now everybody can hear the songs and sort of learn them before we get into the studio. And, you know, everybody's got demos. And so if everybody does their homework, by the time we get together in the studio, it's not like starting from, you know, zero. Everybody's got a handle on what the songs are and, you know, maybe has worked out some parts. So, you know, having that sort of dedication to wanting to show up to rehearsal and be prepared also makes a difference. And and so it's, you know, that wasn't the only time we were devoting, but, you know, it it made it so that, uh, I guess what I'm saying is everybody would do their homework. So when we all got together into the studio on the weekend, you know, we could uh, be productive because everybody was on the same page, essentially. Yeah, no, and that's like, like I said before, like the album's really good. I think it's, it reminds me of like, fucking 1996 99 um thank you yeah no worries man and you guys you wanted to make a record we wanted to make a record that uh sounded you know that diesel boy fans would enjoy and so we you know we we intentionally you know tried to sort of balance what the band sounds like with wanting to push forward into some new directions i guess or wanting to you know uh sort of scratch our own artistic itch but you know we didn't want it to be too far afield from the records that we've made before hoping that you know our fans would uh our fans would enjoy it ultimately that's that's the motivator that's to do it again yeah and you guys are touring a bunch too aren't you not really touring uh doing shows we one of the things we set out you know when we talked about doing it again was well how much can we actually play you know we can't really tour just because of our our schedules you know i'm a divorced dad i've got my kids half the time so you know i have a somewhat uh, limited schedule in terms of how much i can be gone and you know greg's got kids and uh you know our drummer topher's got a a, a job uh, and uh 
you know, sort of uh, tech job, and so he's got to be around uh, much of the time. So, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the goal was to maybe do one longer thing over the summer every year, and then let's do, uh, you know, flyouts and weekends when we can. So over the summer of 23, uh, we went to Europe for, uh, you know, like 10 days or something and, you know, did some festivals and did some shows. And then we did, a, you know, a couple of weekends in uh, 2023. And uh, we've got a handful of festivals on the books for summer 24 uh, in the U.S. and in Canada. And, you know, we'll we'll fill in some stuff with some, some weekends around that so you know I, we, we aren't going to be playing a ton and we knew that you know one of the uh one of the things we would have to do is say no a lot to stuff just yeah. because uh we we can't do it so as much as we would love to get everywhere and you know go out and you know go on tour and it's just not uh it's just not something we can do you know we're sort of weekend weekend warriors and trying to balance this amongst all the other things that we do and um and, and honestly it's you know uh it, it's like sort of been the the perfect amount yes it sucks to have to say no to cool opportunities or to not be able to do something but um you know the fact that we can say yes sometimes make, makes up for it so well it's the thing too uh, is like it's, it's been good yeah that's the thing too is like it's almost like you're not the, it's not the stress of the struggle of going on tour or whatever that's like like you said you guys are like weekend warriors right you go like maybe friday night and come back sunday night a lot of bands are doing that now too actually yeah absolutely uh yeah we will leave like friday morning and go play friday saturday sunday and come back monday morning and you know then get back to doing laundry and doing dishes and you know being a dad and yeah uh, you know going to work but yeah it's fun it's, it's nice to sort of uh yeah get get out of town for a couple of days it, it's been awesome and you guys are aren't you guys playing puza festival in canada we are yeah we're playing puza and we're playing redbridge which are like a, a month apart both both in quebec yeah i know uh puza have you ever been to puza festival or no i have not it is a fucking time dude yeah, I'm psyched to be doing it. The lineup is good, and love Montreal. Always a, a city where we had good shows, and you know where we have a long history. So definitely excited to to get to go up there and play for sure. Um, so and then uh, the new uh, the new baseball season is uh, around us right now. Yeah, spring training. Yeah, you excited for that one or what? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, the kids, uh, my kids, I've got uh, identical twin, sixteen year old boys, and um, yeah, we've got season tickets for the Mariners. I buy this like flex pass, so you have to, you you know, you're committed to buy X number of uh, spend X number of dollars, but you can sort of spend them however you want. You know, you can sit wherever you want, and um, so we we go to a bunch of games, and uh, yeah, I, I love the. Um, I love the grind and the length of baseball season, and I love yeah, just too. having the having the game on in the background if I'm working or just kind of hanging out. You know, it's not yep. a, you know I, I don't love watching the games on TV as much as I enjoy going to the stadium. You know, there's nothing you know a bad day at the ballpark still beats a you know a good day under other circumstances. Love love being at the ballpark and the sights and sounds, but but I just enjoy the sort of constant companionship of the you know. Of having a having a game on and checking the scores and the sort of the grind of a of a long season. So yeah, I'll, I'm excited. You know, I'm also a football fan. So you know, uh, 
a Seahawks. I'm a Seahawks fan. And what Rams happened fan. there? Um, say again. I said, what happened there? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've uh, you know we made they made some big uh, they made some big changes uh, just in the last couple of weeks here. You know, got a new coach and new coaching staff and. Um, you know, uh, the, the buzz uh, amongst fans and the press seems to be that the, the changes will be good. So I'm optimistic about about the future. And, you know, I, I try and not get too caught up in any of it. Um, uh, although, you know, sometimes on, on game day after a, a crushing defeat, it can take me, you know, an hour or two to sort of uh, rebound. But um, but I also tend to not be super involved or invested during the off season. You know, I'll, I'll read the headlines, but um, you know, once the baseball season kicks into gear, I'll really start following the lineup and following the games and what's happening. But in the off season, I tend to you know snooze snooze a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'm a team in, in Seattle, so I'm not. Uh, you know, I grew up a Lakers fan. I grew up in LA, uh, but I have been off basketball for. A long time because there's you know since the Sonics moved away, um, there's no basketball team here anymore, and and I've never really been a hockey fan. So you know our hockey team has been decent. You know we've got the Kraken, but uh, I'm yet to go to a game. And you know I watched a bit of the playoffs when they were in the playoffs a, a year or two ago. But I'm not really a hockey guy. I've never really kept up with hockey. So baseball and football tend to be the two. I, I if we had a basketball team, I would watch basketball too. I, I enjoy basketball, but. Uh, you know, the Trailblazers are about as close as uh, – uh, the Trailblazers are our closest team. Uh, and, you know, they do yeah. show the games on, on TV. But um, for whatever reason, I just haven't uh, taken the plunge. Yeah, no, um, I'm a, I would say I'm a baseball guy, football guy, then hockey. I, I fell out of love with hockey, and then I fell back in love with it. It's all right, whatever. Um, Are they going to take away your Canadian citizenship for saying that? No, it's fine, because the Leafs will never win a fucking Stanley Cup, so and everyone knows this, <laughs> so whatever. You a, you're a Blue Jays fan? Is I am a, a Jays fan. fan Blue Jays fan? Yeah, man, I'm a Jays fan. I love that team. Um I think we have a pretty good team this year. I wouldn't have given. Uh, I would have given it all. I would have given the money to Bo Bichette. Um, yeah. Uh, not uh, Vladdy. Um, very, very punchable face that guy. Who? Yeah. Who Vladdy? <laughs> yeah. No, Bo Bichette. Both. Yes. Oh. Uh, Bo Bichette. I'm saying. That's yeah. a Very punchable face. Yeah. Um, he's. Uh, it's. I don't know. I think we have a good team. Um, we could have did some last year. Our um, bullpen was complete dog shit last year. Um, see what happens. I feel like the the Mariners and the Jays. It seems like are always battling. You know, in the last like couple of weeks. Well, of that's the what I mean too. It's like when you spots. when you told me you're a fucking Mariners fan, I'm like, <laughs> every time the Jays go to fucking Seattle, they can't win the fucking game. Like, they'll do three or four games there, and they'll lose fucking all game. It's like when they play, uh, fucking, not, not Dolphins, um, Tampa Bay. Yeah, the Rays. The Rays. They can't fucking get a fucking win out of them, even on a two-game fucking series. And they come back, and they'll do all right, but it's it's Seattle and Tampa Bay where they fucking, they eat dog shit all the time. Did you grow up as an Expos fan? Uh, no, well, um, here it is. Uh, so I'm a chef, so I worked in Montreal for a bit. So I have love for the Expos and the Habs. I'm a Habs fan, or Edmonton Oilers 
Fuck the Leafs. He gives a shit. Um, and, and every time I say that, I got like fucking five people messaging me. And they're like, fuck off. I'm like, whatever. Um, yeah, I did. Um, I'm looking forward to that Netflix documentary, though. Expos? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I didn't know there was there was one. Yeah, I know there's one coming out, um, and apparently they're not going to hold any punches. Like they're going to dive right into it. Um, I, we all yeah, know. you got you've only got your one only got your one team. Well, they could have they could have uh, they could have well and put one in Montreal again if it didn't go to fucking Las Vegas. Yeah, which I thought was kind of shit, but whatever. Um, yeah, they're all going to Las Vegas. Well, I understand the reason, like money, whatever. I get that part, but yeah. that's how the yeah. ML, that's how the MLB works, right? But no, I love baseball. I think uh, baseball is my number one. I love how long the season is too. Um, yeah. I like the uh, the pitch clock. I think that's fucking brilliant. Yep, I uh, like. The, I do not, however, I, I don't so much enjoy the uh, runner, you know, the ghost runner rules in. Uh, overtime or you know extra innings I, I understand it and i i have the same objection in uh you know in nfl games where it's sort of like okay each team gets one possession and then first one to score you know wins i there's something i i don't like you know i i don't know there's just something about it. i guess as long as everybody gets the same chance which is true in baseball everybody gets the same chance uh I guess in both of those instances, I like the pitch clock, uh, but I'm, I don't love the the ghost runner uh, rule. Although I understand it, and I think having shorter games is probably better. Uh, I know they have trouble attracting new fans, and the length puts people off. And certainly, it's a slow kind of sleepier game than you know football or most of the other games. But uh, you know, or maybe I'm just an old fuck, and you know. <laughs> Uh, feels bad, but I do like the pitch clock, and I, you know I like most of the the newer rules. You I, know, I can also get incensed by the uh, you know balls and strikes, and you know maybe at some point uh, they'll move to some kind of robo balls and strikes call. But I also you know as as incensed as I get, I also appreciate the human element of of the you know umpiring and the you know <laughs> as much as you know it can piss you off. There's something about the you know having a human back there doing it that, you know, makes it a little, a little more interesting. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Like I'm with you on the ghost runner too. Like I'm not a big fan of it. Like I would rather the, just have them play another normal inning. Um, yeah. But that's just me being a baseball nerd. I'm like, I just want to see it all. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing too, like with hockey, like when they go in overtime, it's like, instead of five on five, it's three on three, which is, doesn't make right. any fucking sense. Like, yeah, whatever. Like we, we like the thing is like, we saw that team <coughs> play as a team for nine innings and now we don't see the same, te- you know what I mean? Yeah. Same team, right? You don't see the same. I don't feel like you see the same game. No, it's that, different. You got to put on a different strategy towards the end. You know, you right? gotta, then you put a pitch runner in on second because they're fast and, you know, changes the strategy a little. Um, but at least, like I said, everybody, it's the same for both sides, so. Yeah, it's fair for both, right? That's the thing, too. Like, And even, um, you're, we were talking about Anna Fowler. I'm a Packers fan, so um, yeah. we, we had a pretty good season. I think uh, Jordan Love's going to be a good QB. Yeah, I like the Packers. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened to the Bills this year, but whatever. 
Me neither. I don't yeah. follow a lot. You know, I mean, I follow the Seahawks uh, closest, and you know, the rest sort of peripherally. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It was a. I, I you know, uh, was I happy to see the the Chiefs win? Uh, eh, eh, I mean, you know, I would have been eh. nice to uh, see somebody else win, but that would have also meant that I was rooting for San Francisco, who are the Seahawks division rivals. So uh, I didn't have much of a, a stake in it. Either way, but, uh, I just like. <laughs> I just like an exciting game, and it was that. So I was happy to see an exciting game. And, you know, the kids and I like to watch the commercials and yeah. all that, uh, and the halftime show and all the, the spectacle. So, uh, and then, yeah, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, the kids are like, all right, it's baseball season. So that's, that's fucking wicked, dude. It's, it's awesome. You got fucking uh, season tickets. Um, yeah. What I was going to ask you um, what's, uh, what got you into playing music? Well, I, we already did that. Fuck me. Um, what, what got you into playing music? <laughs> um, I was just a kid who liked music. Uh, I was in, well, I, I was, and still I have an only child and spent, uh, you know, a fair amount of time by myself and in my room listening to music and, um, it was always around, you know, my parents were music fans. My dad was a sort of, uh, you know, hobbyist musician and, um, so I, you know, I grew up listening to their records and then at a certain point, you know, maybe like eight or 10, you know, started buying my own records and I was a radio kid, listened to the radio and this was in the, uh, the era of cassettes and, you know, I would, um, <clears throat> make mixtapes from the radio, you know, wait for my favorite song to come on and, and record it. So I was always just in, into music and, um, uh, my dad had a guitar around the house when I was a kid and, uh, and a keyboard and I would sort of, you know, sort of tinkle on the keys and, you know, uh, eventually took guitar lessons, uh, and when I was maybe like 12 or 13 and, uh, didn't really stick the first time, you know, it wasn't until a few years later when I sort of did my second round of lessons and then in, um, in high school, uh, the, the, they offered music class. It was jazz band, which, you know, I'm not really a jazz dude. Um, but, uh, but it certainly provided a good foundation and I got to play every day, you know, in high school being in jazz band, you know, you, you bring your guitar to school and, uh, and, and you'd play every day, uh, and just being around all those musicians and, you know, learning. And then, you know, we would have, you know, the other musicians we would, you know, at lunchtime, whatever, go to the band room and, and jam on stuff that, that we liked. But, um, but yeah, I, I just was a guy, I guess, who was always, uh, always around music. And at some point, you know, once I learned enough chords and could sort of, uh, you know, struggle my way through, through a, a song, I, you know, I, I would have these, uh, my dad had these like song books from the, 60s and 70s of like Beatles songs or Dylan or just you know the sort of hits of the 60s and 70s folk songs um and so I you know sort of poured over those and would you know look at some of the songs I didn't even know but I would just sort of look at the changes and try and play through them and so I sort of got I guess in some sense that was like my sort of crash course in songwriting you know learning what chords would go together in a certain key and you know uh, all that kind of stuff but yeah, music was just always around and um you know i didn't ever think i would be a guy who played music professionally my skills uh are really not at that level you know gratefully i guess 
I make up for it because I, I write the song. So I think that's where my bigger contribution comes, not so much as a singer or guitar player, neither of which uh, I'm especially good at, but hopefully, you know, I can throw together some, you know, interesting chords and a, a melody. And, you know, I guess that's where, that's where my strengths are, how I sort of see myself as a, as a musician, more of a songwriter than as a, as an actual player. I'm not, not super into gear. I don't practice scales. You know, if I'm sitting down to play, it's to write, not to, you know, bone up on arpeggios or whatever. Cool, man. No, um, what do you call it? Uh, what else? Um, what are you listening to right now? Do you always listen to like? Do you listen to punk rock or do you listen to? Uh, I, I very rarely listen to punk rock. I mean, uh, I will. Um, you know, I will. I try and stay aware of what's coming on. And of course, if you know a band that you know I'm friendly with or you know a fan of has something new, I'll check it out. You know, like I'm psyched that you know Strung Out is, has a new record. I'm always eager to hear what what bands are up to. Um, I wouldn't say I listen to a lot of punk rock just in, in general. You know, I'm kind of a I, I don't know an indie rock guy or a you know singer songwriter guy. Um, yeah, man. You know, if I'm uh, if I'm home during the day, I will play the kind of uh, uh, deep cuts uh, rock station on Sirius and, you know, sort of like uh, non-hits from classic rock artists or sometimes I'll, you know, put on sort of uh, uh, metal, metal, classic metal station. Um, but in terms of like new music, um, you know, I'm always looking for stuff. Uh, you know, every Friday I'll try and go through... Uh, the list of records that uh, you know came out, and if there's something that um, you know sp- sparks my uh, interest, I'll I'll definitely uh, check it out. Yeah, I know. I'm the same way too. Like I, I listen to a lot of uh, I still listen to skate punk, whatever, but uh, I'm a big hip hop head too. So I like all yeah. the new hip hop coming out too. Um, I listen to a lot of some indie. I like. I like the Decembrists a lot. They're good. Um, yep. And then, uh, fuck, what's the other fucking band? I totally forgot. Decembrists. No. Yes, that band. But yeah, I know. It's, you can't always listen to punk rock, right? I mean, you can. It's just uh, I've been listening to it for so long that I, I guess, you know, I just <laughs> find it, it surprises me less and less. You know, there are some yeah. bands that I'll always... You know, like Alkaline Trio have a new record. I'm a big Alkaline Trio fan, so, you know, of course, I'll check out their records. Yeah, that was a good record. I like that one a lot, too. There's a, a handful of a handful of contemporary bands that, you know, I'm a fan of and will want to ch- check out their stuff. But in general, I guess I, I just find that it surprises me uh, less than other kinds of music do or, you know, or i got to be in, in the mood for the, you know, double-time drum kind of thing. And if I'm yeah. just... You know, if it's background music, it's sort of less uh, appealing than uh, some something less abrasive or whatever. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, dude. Um, one other question. Uh, who did the artwork for the new album? Uh, yeah, a guy uh, named Eric Baskuskis. I think I'm saying his. I might be butchering his name. Uh, wallofyouth.com is his website. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's done, a, you know, he's done a bunch of work for... Uh, for Lawrence Arms and for Direct Hit, and you know we were in the process of looking for records. We found his stuff, and you know enjoyed his uh, <clears throat> enjoyed his work. And um, uh, yeah, it, you know, or 
sort of threw our ideas over the fence to him and you know went through the process of batting stuff back and forth i i wrote something which you can find uh on our instagram or facebook page but i wrote uh like um I don't know what you'd call it. It's just sort of the story behind how the cover art came together with kind of the initial sketches and it sort of shows the whole process for how the cover came together. Uh, so if uh, you or any of your listeners are curious about sort of the process of how the art for uh, a record comes together, uh, there's a fairly detailed, uh, you know, analysis that will probably bore anyone who's not interested in the topic. But, um, but yeah, you can see how it comes together with, you know, where it started with these kind of crude sketches to things getting added along the way. And I talk about some of the Easter eggs that are on the cover. Um, we, uh, we had two songs that we did not include on the record from the same session. And so we're, uh, we'll be doing a seven inch, uh, sometime over the summer. And so I've got Eric working on the art for that too, uh, right now. So, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be doing the, the cover for that, which will be out in a few months. That's wicked, dude. That's just in the, in the early stages, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Um, so we've been talking for 35 minutes and 54 seconds. I don't want to take any more time off your day because you're probably uh, you're probably pretty busy on a Monday. Monday morning, yeah. Got to hit the ground running. There you go, man. Um, so can you give me all the socials for Diesel Boy? Um, uh, sure. I think our, our Instagram is underscore Dieselboy and Facebook is Dieselboy Official and somewhere there's a, our website is diesel-boy.com. Um, there's a I don't know there's a YouTube channel and a TikTok channel, but I, I uh, you know I don't yeah. really upload to TikTok very often uh, and we we don't have a lot of content on YouTube. But yeah, find us the usual places: Instagram, Facebook, or you know we publish to. Uh, the most so if you're gonna follow us follow us in one of those two perfect is uh thanks for doing this eh? of course thanks awesome for asking thanks for having me no worries glad, uh, glad you like the new record and you know appreciate anyone who uh, wants to chat with us for yeah sure. man it's fucking wicked and hopefully we'll see you in uh, montreal at puza absolutely yeah, yeah see you in the we'll see you in the in the playoffs when we beat the pants off of the blue jays Oh, all right. We should have a different podcast about that one at the end. That'd be great. I don't know about that. Okay, but could you stay in line for a minute? Yeah. Cool.